May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Praise to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As a man and his wife were shopping at a mall kiosk, a shapely young woman in a short, form-fitting dress strolled by. His eyes followed her. Without looking up from the item she was examining, his wife asked, Was it worth the trouble you're in? <laughs> Temptation. Just hearing the word often makes people smirk or even giggle a little bit. It can seem so innocent. Flirting with danger. Playing with fire. So innocent. Yet how many smokers started out playing at being a smoker? How many meth addicts wanted to try meth just once to find out what was the big deal? How many accidents happened from joyriding? How many, how many died because the driver only had a couple drinks? How many marriages collapse from what started out as a harmless flirtation online? Temptations often have serious consequences. Today's text tells of temptations that Jesus had to face. He had to know what we face in life, so the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The wilderness was the personification of the chaos of evil. You see, each year the temple priest laid the sins of the people on a goat, which was turned out into the wilderness, signifying the removal of their sins, hence the scapegoat. Now Jesus was sent into the wilderness in preparation to carry the people's sins. He's hungry and weak, having just come off a 40-day fast. And the evil one sucker punches him in the gut. If you're the son of God, command these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. Why go hungry? Just say a word and satisfy your need. In fact, turn lots of stones into loaves of bread and feed other hungry people at the same time. That would be a good thing. Well, later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Not only did Jesus teach others to live this way, he lived it himself. There's nothing wrong with craving bread after a 40-day fast. We have legitimate needs. Food, shelter, companionship, acceptance, love, approval of others, sexual intimacy, self-satisfaction, a sense of worth. These are legitimate needs. And Satan understands this. And so the source of our temptations is often our own legitimate natural desires. 
Satan tries to show a lack of God's provision where there is none. Just like in the wilderness of the Exodus, Satan tried to convince the Israelites that God could not be trusted to care for them. What is this manna? Is it sufficient for your dietary needs? Will it come again tomorrow? You know, this is an issue of trust. In the second temptation, the devil placed Jesus on the pinnacle of the temple of Jerusalem. Then he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so you will not dash your foot against a stone. Since Jesus is motivated by the word of God, Satan will use the word of God against Jesus. And he does so in a very public place. Hey, Jesus, let your light shine before others, right? How many of us have tried to test or manipulate God with his own promises? God promised to be with us, yet we question that presence. Rather than living by the word of God, we seek to have God act according to our needs. If my wife is healed of cancer, then I will know that God loves me. If you're really there, God, give me that job that I've been praying for. If you love me, God, bring my boy home safely from the war. But what if the wife dies of cancer? What if the job we prayed for goes to someone else? What if the son is killed overseas? Will you still love and serve God regardless of the outcome? Jesus set the standard for us. Jesus said, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus lived a spirit-filled life, unconditionally surrendered to God. Now, in the third temptation recorded in today's text, we're told the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Sovereignty is the issue. Does the world belong to the devil or to God? Jesus was sent by God to redeem his world and his people. If Jesus entertains the devil's offer, he acknowledges the devil's authority over God's creation. But Jesus responded with, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, serve only him. A paraphrase of Deuteronomy 6.13. The corrupting influence of power is widespread in this world. The temptation for Jesus was whether he would opt for political power and success, or would he choose the path that would lead to suffering, humiliation, and death. <coughs> Jesus will not come no matter the cost. He lets God be God. 
He came to serve, not to be served. We're told in Matthew 28, 18, that all authority in heaven and on earth will be given to Jesus, but only after the bitter agony of the cross. In this temptation, Jesus is being tempted to do the right thing using the wrong means. This is a warning to congregations as well as to individuals. We congregations, we see congregations so intent on diversity that they condone activities that scripture condemns. We see congregations so focused on numerical growth that they forego faithfulness to the gospel in order to not offend anyone. The evil one will lie. He will stretch the truth. He will sow doubt and mistrust. For the most part, he does not tempt us to do overt evil, but to do good things for the wrong reasons. And yes, even sanctified, spirit-filled, Bible-reading Christians are subject to temptation. In fact, Satan works harder on them, on us, because we are a bigger threat to him and his kingdom. So do not put down your guard for a moment. Some people fall into temptation, but a great many make plans for disaster ahead of time. Son ordered a father, don't swim in that canal. Okay, Dad, he answered, but he came home carrying a wet bathing suit that evening. Where have you been, demanded the father. Swimming in the canal, answered the boy. Didn't I tell you not to swim there, asked the father. Yes, sir, answered the boy. Well, why did you, he asked. Well, Dad, he explained, I had my bathing suit with me and I couldn't resist the temptation. Well, why did you take your bathing suit with you, he questioned. So I'd be prepared to swim in case I was tempted. <laughs> Tempters cannot make someone do something bad. Rather, they try to make the one being tempted want to do something bad. We know what is good and what is bad. There are times we want to do the bad. There are times we do not want to do the good. It's a question of will. Will we do what we want to do or will we do what we should do? Always remember that we have the advantage because we have the word of truth. We have a divine savior who already died to save us from the evil one. We have a savior who already has promised in grace to stick with us through those times of trial. Having faith does not mean we will not have to face the temptations of this world. Rather, faith gives us the courage to choose wisely and stand firm in Christ Jesus, who reminds us to find hope and courage in God. And when we do, that's when we will know the peace of God that passes all understanding, the 
peace found only in hearts set on Christ Jesus.